What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Carly Wentz on our episode today. I'm so excited. We are Instagram friends, and I love your Instagram handle. Is it? It's searching for our rainbows, right? Yes. Okay. I just love that. I think that that's <laughs> just you. so fitting for all of us Lamb Fam girls. And I am just gonna pass it off to you and start wherever you'd like with your story. All right. Okay. So again, my name is Carly Wentz. I um, am 28 years old. I'm a pediatric nurse. My husband's 32. He's a firefighter for the city of Chicago. Um, We've been trying to, we decided we were going to start trying October of 2016. I lied. We got married October 1st, 2016. We gave it our year. We decided, okay, now it's time to let's do this. We both decided we wanted a family. Um, No one ever really had issues as far as I know in my family. So we didn't think it would be that hard. And his mom and dad had no problems either. So we started trying, like I said, that October, we found out we were pregnant January, 2018. So we were due the day after our wedding anniversary, technically. So October 2nd, Um, it was the first pregnancy. So no one really they didn't really check up on us. You know how you just call your, uh, your OB, they set it up. They say, we don't want to see you until eight weeks, pretty much. And that's that. So we went in for our first appointment and there wasn't really much on the ultrasound. They did all the basic stuff, labs and everything. And they're like, okay, maybe you're just a little smaller or a little earlier than we expected. We'll have you come in in a week and we'll check you out again. Sadly, we came in the next week. And there was nothing on the ultrasound, just the gestational sac. So it was like in February when we found out. And um, with all of that, we I, I'm also RH negative. So I had to receive my Rogam that day. And I had to, oh, no, I didn't get that one that day. Sorry, this is, had three of them. So, you know, it, it all literally starts to all, blend. Yes, I was like, it, it all really starts does. to jumble together. <laughs> um, so for this one, uh, because... Based off of what my ultrasound was saying, I must have, nothing ever developed, so they decided to consider it a missed miscarriage. And so I did have to go in, I think two days later, my doctor decided we did the DNC. Um, I got my Rogam then. Everything went really smoothly. I dropped something. Um, Everything went really smoothly, and then uh, about a week later, we actually ended, I ended up hemorrhaging. Um, I didn't have to go to the emergency room, thankfully. Uh, my mom's an OB nurse, so she kind of checked me out. My husband, being a paramedic, checked me out. Um, I was able to take, what's it called? Methogen? Methogen at home. And I mean, it wasn't great, but thankfully that stopped the bleeding. We were all good with that. Um, they figured it was just kind of your favorite term, you know, bad luck miscarriage. I also have hypothyroidism, but they figured that had nothing to do with it. It's very controlled. So we didn't worry about anything with that. Um, They said, go ahead, try again, right after everything's all good. No questions asked. 
found out we were pregnant again in June of 2018. So it didn't take really much time in between the two. Uh, went in the first day that we found out, I, I mean, I got the positive pregnancy test, pretty much called my doctor, went in for my HCG that day. It was a Thursday. My first lab showed that it was like 47, really low. But, you know, you go in on <clears throat> Saturday and it was 47 again. Figured it was a fluke. They really didn't question anything about it. They're like, just go in on Monday. We'll recheck it. We'll see what's going on. Went in on Monday. It was 35. You, it's probably a chemical pregnancy. I'm sorry. You're going to miscarry. Call us if you need anything. So I waited, waited, waited. No bleeding, no cramping, no nothing. And I didn't miscarry with the first one on my own. So I really didn't know what to expect. Um, and about a week and a half, two weeks after that, I decided to call the doctor because I still needed my Rogam. I still wasn't bleeding. And I just said, you know, I really would feel more comfortable if you guys sent me in for one more lab draw because I just don't feel like something's not right here. And I was at work during the middle of my 12 hour shift and found out that my labs had shot up to 206. Concern for ectopic. I had no pain though. No pain, no nothing. So I was like, are you sure that I have to go to the emergency room? I feel fine. I technically work in the ER. Do I necessarily, like, is this life or death? Or can I just come in tomorrow? Um, <clears throat> so he told me I had to go over there. I ended up getting admitted that night when they did an ultrasound, they couldn't find the baby. So they decided maternal fetal medicine would have to see me the next day, get maybe a little more of a professional opinion, not just a regular ultrasound technician. And when my labs came back while I was in the emergency room, my HCG had jumped up to 459. So it was still climbing, still no pain, still no bleeding, still nothing. Um, next morning, they, uh, they decided because, uh, maternal fetal medicine did find in my right tube a mass. They didn't know for sure if it was ectopic or what was going on, but obviously my labs were climbing. So we had to do something. Um, they decided I didn't need to have surgery because I wasn't having the pain or anything. I received methotrexate. So it's like that chemo medication and, um, I was very nervous about that. You know, I didn't know what side effects it would have. We wanted to start trying again right away. None of the stuff was going to knock us down. And it, uh, we ended up doing it. I got my Rogam again that day, was back to work the next day. Um, a couple days later, we had our labs drawn again, shot up to 960. Oh my gosh. So it, yeah, didn't want to go down. <laughs> and then um, they're like, okay. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes there's a little bit of a rise and then it falls. So a couple days later, they had me go in again. It went to 938. Still elevated, came down a little bit, but eh, that's not right. So they decided um, to do a second injection of methotrexate, which my doctor lovingly had to tell me on the phone. He never had to do that before. I'm like, oh, that's good. That makes me feel so really that's such great, a great right news. now. I'm like, okay. <laughs> this will be fun. So now you can tell everyone else about me. Um, so I was like, that's fine. Walked over, got it done again and figured this would be it. So, um, I did finally have some bleeding, but I went in and, uh, they decided to do another lab draw 
shot up to 1,256. So still elevating, received two doses of methotrexate. I was actually supposed to go take a really big exam that night, got the call from my doctor and he's like, okay, you know, I really think you might need to come in for surgery tonight. I still had no pain. I told him I had the bleeding and I did end up like right after the phone call passing a very, you know, I have a feeling it was the baby. Mm-hmm. And I kind of called him back right away. And I was like, okay, something just happened. I don't, I don't know what it was, but it, it wasn't the same as the bleeding I'd had. And I said, can I just do one more HCG draw before we decide to do this? Because I'm really not, re- I'm not having any pain. I'm not ready to lose half my chances with future pregnancies. And so I went in. And had my draw done, it dropped to 150 from 1,000, what was it, 1,256. Oh, wow. He had never seen a drop that quick. He was like, oh, called me back right after the lab. I think they got the labs and shockingly it was done within an hour or something, which never happened with my OB office. And he was like, oh, I guess we're cool then. Um, You don't need surgery tonight. You can keep all your stuff. Uh, We'll see you again in a little bit and we'll go from there. This probably the scariest thing I had ever dealt with. I had never been admitted to the hospital. My husband wasn't able to stay with me because he was on a 24 hour shift and I worked at the hospital I was being seen at. So I was like, oh, come on, this is like the worst thing ever. But thankfully, it ended up a lot, it ended up way better than I expected it to. And do you have answers on what happened? They, I ended up leaving that doctor. He, very nice gentleman. He just, was not, what did I say? When you have a perfectly normal pregnancy, I think he does a fantastic job. But when you have issues along the way, I, he just kind of has hiccups. So I decided to go, he just said it was bad luck. He ended up telling me he decided my ectopic was a blighted ovum. And I disagree with it. If maternal fetal medicine saw something I'm going to go with what she said. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, think whatever you want. It's over now. So it doesn't really matter. Oh, God. I'm like, oh, so no. Yeah, you're like, it's over it now. So it's over now. <laughs> nothing ever happened, right? Oh, God. So I consider an edX topic. We never got the answers. I never had the pain, but the methotrexate did work. Um, and that was that, thankfully. So we had to wait a little while because of the methotrexate to try again. Um I decided personally that I wanted to see a um, fertility doctor after this. We went to a, we talked to this doctor before we left and we asked if he had any recommendations. We decided to go see this woman downtown and no questions asked. She ran everything on me. She said two was enough. And I, I don't know if it had changed then because I know originally it was three or more they were taking people and I know it changed to two or more pretty recently. Um, so we saw her. I had labs drawn. Um, we did the salience on a histogram. My husband got to do his fun labs and everything came back absolutely fine. My husband's ego was a little down, but he can get over that one. Right. Um, so she pretty much said, you know, I don't see any reason why you guys can't have children. Everything looks absolutely fine. Um, decided we could start trying again that October but she wanted us to start doing that, uh, the progesterone suppositories twice a day, three days after ovulation until we got a positive or a negative pregnancy test. 
I had never used it before, was not excited. And they weren't even the suppositories. They were capsules and they were terrible. And I mean, I did them. I whined the entire time, but I did them. I took them orally, which like then you start reading and you're like, well, you, it's better to take them as yep. suppositories. Is it suppositories? They like, Is so that the right word? In- <laughs> no, you got it. Okay. Right on. They they make them like different ways. It's like to save money. Most hospital or most places don't make the suppositories anymore, and they cost so much more okay. to get actual suppositories. But if you get like capsules that you can swallow, because I was with my last pregnancy, I was doing two vaginally, and one of my pills I would take orally out of the same bottle, same thing. Yeah. So it's like you had to poke holes in it and stuff, but it was a capsule, oh, man. and it was so awkward. We're. I, well, and then I've heard, one. like, some doctors are like, take the orally one up yep. the hoo-ha. <laughs> that's what I, yeah, that's what I Okay, that's what yeah, it is. Okay. That's what I had to do. Yeah, so, yeah, you're right on. I, re- I read so much about it. And, like, there's, like, good and bad to both. Like, if, yes. you know, if you read, but, like, they say, like, orally is, like, your symptoms are a little bit, or, like, the side effects are a little bit more intense. Yeah. But when you take them down there... I heard that there's just a lot of stuff going on then. There's, like, yeah. Oh. And you have to find time to like lay down for 30, 40 yeah. minutes after you do it. And I, I usually would, I, it was terrible because I'd get up in the morning for work and I'm like, okay, I got to get up an hour <laughs> earlier because I got to put my legs on a pillow every day. <laughs> I love that we're talking about this on the podcast. It was, the it was, it was lovely. And um, <laughs> so we did that. Uh, October, November, December, January, all went by. We actually went in in January to talk to our fertility doctor again. Like nothing's happening. I'm doing the ovulation. I'm doing all the tests, everything. We're doing the best we can. Like I said, he works 24 hour shifts. I work 12. So it was, it was never fun because it would either be like, okay, well, you're going to work in the morning, wake me up at 5 a.m. or you know, you just got home from a 24 hour shift. You got to stay up. Sorry. And, um, I mean, we did the best we could with it, but they decided after trying for so long that we would do uh, IUI. And I was like, okay, that's fine. It's a little more controlled. It's not ideal, but it's not IVF. We're not going down that road yet. We were able, we were able to get pregnant on our own. So maybe this is just a little bit of help we need. So we decided to go to Disney world and uh, February because we're both children at heart and <laughs> we were like, okay, we need a little bit of vacation. We'll have a good time. We did still try during the month of January. She's like, go ahead, give it a shot. But if you guys have been trying this hard, the chances are so slim to none, but go ahead. So it's still on the progesterone suppositories and we were about to go to Epcot. The goal was to drink around the world. That's what we wanted to do that day. It was one of our last days at the parks. And I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta take a test just so I can see the negative and I can go ahead and have fun drinking around the world. I can stop my progesterone if it's negative. Half asleep at a hotel room. Um, I'm sitting in the bathroom. I was like, okay, I'll come back in two seconds. I'm going to go get something to drink. I'll come back. Two lines on the test. And I'm like, you have, no, 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 no. I decided to take a second one because I did not want to wake my husband up for like a false positive. And I didn't even believe what I was seeing at the time. So did another one positive right away. I'm like, okay, well, 
this is unexpected. All right. So I go in the room and wake my husband up. I don't think he even comprehended what was going on. He shot out of the bed after like, he was like, yeah, wait, wait, what, what did you just say? Jumped out of the bed. We were both so excited. Obviously it changed our plans a little bit for the day. He got to drink around the world. I ate around the world, which was just <laughs> as fun, honestly. Had a great time with that. I'm sure just as much money was spent too. Um, so we were ecstatic. I called my doctor that day. They were so excited. This, I mean, we had, I mean, we weren't even trying and I, I hate hearing the, you know, once you stop trying, once you, and of course it happens. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Right yeah. Now. So we were super happy. Um, we went in to see our doctor. She did an ultrasound the first day. We had some labs drawn at five weeks. We had our first ultrasound just to make sure with the ectopic as our last pregnancy they wanted to make sure everything was in the right spot it was in the perfect spot everything looked great we got to see our little peanut like okay this is awesome we didn't want to tell anyone yet we were very hesitant because my mom she has one grandkid but obviously she wants more and it was heartbreaking the first two times so I really just was like okay this is the real one we want to make it we want to make it that fun announcement I want to give her that one fun announcement I really want to surprise her because she was still under the impression we were going to do the IUI. So I was able to play off that I couldn't drink. I couldn't do all these things because we're taking these medicines to prepare our bodies for this. And um, if you can pull one over on my mom, you're good. So I was super excited it was working. And uh, we went in at six weeks. Labs continue to rise appropriately. Um, but my TSH did shoot up. So that's my the thyroid stimulating hormone. And I was already on... Uh, I might have to plug in my phone. I was already on some medications and um, she just decided, okay, we're going to boost you up to 88. It's no big deal. I was already on 75 micrograms and I figured it would be easy to deal with all that. But I also had to increase my progesterone amount because that went down a little bit. No big deal. They said it wasn't anything to worry about. So of course I didn't worry about it. Went in at six weeks for the uh, next ultrasound. Everything was perfectly fine. Little heartbeat. We never, with any of our pregnancies, ever got to see it. So it was, you know, I sat there and sobbed, obviously. Just a Hardcore. surreal moment. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of was like, okay, we've never made it to this point. This is real. This one's going to happen. Um, then we had to wait, I believe it was, yeah, two weeks. We had to go back one more time at eight weeks just to see if everything was going okay. And I was terrified, you know, it was like the two week, every symptom stood out and I was never really, I think my head was playing more games on me with like with me, with all my pregnancies. I thought I was nauseated, thought I was more tired. I think I was just so anxious that it was making myself all these things. Um, I had a little bit of nausea but in bloating, but that was really it. I never, I was able to eat things. I was fine. Um, we went in at eight weeks, heart rate was 171. You could see little arm nubbins, little leg nubbins, everything looked perfect. And it was two days before my birthday. And I was like, Oh my God, birthday present. You know, this is great. The goal was to tell my parents on my birthday. Cause we got discharged from our fertility doctor on that day. And, um, we, we weren't, on, we weren't able to do that. We were at a baseball game or something. I'm like, that's fine. We're both off next Saturday. We're going to see our new OB on Friday. We'll just go there. Maybe they'll do a, 
an ultrasound picture on us then. And it'll be, it'll be great. We'll surprise them. And, um, we went in the next, I had no pain, no nothing. Went in for our first OB visit, asked very basic questions, nothing crazy. And, um, decided I just sat there and I begged them. I was just having, um, I wanted to get an up-to-date ultrasound picture on the baby to show my mom. I'm like, okay, maybe they look a little bigger. Maybe the heart rate's a little different. I begged them and they're like, that's fine. We'll do it. I know you've had a lot going on in the past. Um, so we went in there, my husband's sitting next to me and, um, you know, it was just eerily quiet. And I feel like listening to your podcasts and stuff, you hear that a lot when everyone's telling this poopy part of the story. Um, yeah, it was just eerily quiet. She was taking a lot longer, but this was our first time with this ultrasound tech. And I'm like, maybe she's not like the fertility center where they're like, Oh, look, there's the baby. There's the heartbeat. Look at this. Oh, check this out. I never had any bad news from them. So, uh, my husband was kind of staring at the screen a little more intently than we'd ever before. So I just was like, I kind of think I knew deep down and I, said, something's not right, isn't it? And she goes, oh, no, well, let me just go get, I'm like, you can just tell me. I, you're not talking and I, I'm smart enough to know that that kind of means something. And she's like, do you want to see the screen? And I did. I wanted to see the baby one more time. And they were there. There was just no, no more flicker. And, um, you know, she walked out of the room, said, take your time. We obviously kind of stood there and that's when you kind of feel like your world's falling apart and you two are the only ones able to hold each other up and just kind of in shock. I mean, I sobbed, but it just didn't make any sense. Everything was so good. We went through the fertility doctor. We did the meds. I did the suppositories. How didn't this work? So um, we went in and spoke to the doctor and she had brought up a DNC and I just was I know I kind of went through my first pregnancy, a little nervous on the podcast kind of quickly, but I, I got really scared with the DNC. I didn't want to hemorrhage again. I didn't want to go through surgery again. It was just nerve wracking. And, um, I, I told her I was kind of against it. She decided that we were going to do, um, I guess it's kind of like, kind of like side attack. It's mistoprostol or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. To kind of encourage the miscarriage to begin. And, um, she gave me my Rogam that day. So I went home terrified, you know, sobbed right before I took the medicines. Cause you know, once you take it, then it's going to become real. Um, I started cramping that night, um, woke up the next morning. Honestly, I felt like a hundred bucks and I'm like, Oh, well, that it, that was the miscarriage. Oh, this went way easier than everything else I've ever been through. When a full, it was like a full week or so, maybe. Um, we found out on the 12th. Yeah, a week after my birthday, we found out on the 12th. That's when we lost the baby. On the 25th, I woke up in the morning and I had this sensation that I wanted to vomit. And I just felt like something was going on. I ran to the bathroom and that was the miscarriage. I had gone from the 12th to the 25th and the scant bleeding it's pretty minimal with everything but that was like my whole world was rocked and I mean I was to the point that I almost I called my mom I didn't know if I needed to call like an ambulance or something I'm like oh my god this is terrible but um 
I, uh, I was wearing obviously a pad that night. And when I had gone to the bathroom, I had noticed there was something there. And uh, I mean, I work in healthcare. You, you can always tell the difference between a clot and something else. And that was the baby. So I kind of got the baby out. We put it in like a little sterile container and I got to carry my baby outside of me one time to the doctor's office. So it was kind of a bittersweet moment, but I, I'll take that as one thing. I, it was, it was nice to hold her when I could. And, um, we brought her in and we decided, obviously we were very lucky to catch, especially with miscarrying on our own. We were very lucky to catch the baby and hopefully get answers because actually with our first DNC, there was no fetal tissue. So even though they tested it, there was nothing there to give us answers. And, um, so we waited a little while. It was like a never ending miscarriage. I think I bled honestly from April 12th until the mid June. It was terrible. And, um, we, we waited for the phone call. I ended up getting a call from the doctor telling me, um, the baby did have a chromosomal abnormality. It was a girl. She had Turner syndrome, which is like monosomy X. And there are people alive and well today that are walking around with this syndrome, but it just depends. There's different levels. I did read a lot that it said most people, if they do, you know, have any chromosomal abnormalities do end up in miscarriage or stillbirth later on. And it's like, it's kind of sad to sit there. Like, did I get the better end of the deal that I lost my baby now at nine weeks versus, I mean, it's hard no matter when you lose a baby, but I can't imagine going through that. Mm -hmm. Um, so we had gone to our fertility doctor and we had spoken to her and the, we had everything done. All the labs were drawn. We um, did karyotyping on my husband and I, and both of our karyotypes were absolutely fine. So that's like our chromosomal testing to see if we have an issue called translocation problems, which could have caused the chromosomal abnormality in the baby since we didn't know anything about the other two. Everything came back absolutely fine. Um, we did carrier testing. My husband came back absolutely negative. I'm a carrier for cystic fibrosis, but as long as we're both not carriers, the baby's fine. Um, but the doctor decided, and this was right before we knew about the baby having Turner syndrome, that we, um, if the baby came back positive for abnormal chromosomes, we would be doing IVF. And she said if the baby came back negative, like they couldn't get an answer or the baby was fine. We would do IUI. We would check me for endo endometriosis, um, see if there's anything else calling it, causing it. Um, once we found out the baby was positive, they decided just because we don't know about the other two or if this has any effect on anything that it would be a good idea to do IVF because it's more, it's going to be quicker. We're hopefully going to get pregnant sooner. And then we're going to know for sure if there was something going on, anything chromosomally, we would be able to check that. So we'll have to do um, the PGT testing. And obviously that's going to be fun because that's all out of pocket. Genetic testing is never fun. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of, honestly, I can't, I don't think you can really put a price tag on peace of mind. And that's what him and I both kind of said. It doesn't matter how much it costs. I can't imagine going through another law, a fourth loss like this. I, I can't 
I cannot do it. And if I can have any guarantee, I'll take it. So um, that was kind of the big decision. We were patiently waiting on my period to start. And that's pretty much when we're going to start preparing for the egg retrieval. Today was my lucky day. I go in tomorrow for my first initial ultrasound and all my lab work. And if everything comes back a-okay, I start my first round of medications tomorrow night. Oh my goodness. That's exciting. Yes. And also, I'm very excited. Also not exciting. You know what I mean? Like it's, 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 it's I'm exciting, terrified. But I'm like, so yeah. excited at the same yeah, time. Totally. Oh gosh. I wish you guys the best of luck. I am going to definitely be watching, watching you closely. That's also something that <laughs> I want to like keep up with your journey and stuff. <laughs> I'm excited about documenting it. It definitely, um, I was introduced to your podcast from a future cousin-in-law. They're getting married very soon. Her friend, you actually recorded her and I cannot remember her name, but she said she had listened to it and she thought you were phenomenal and really thought you could help me out. And honestly, your podcast has been phenomenal in helping me get through in this and hearing other stories. It's been great. And I, that's when I kind of decided to do the Instagram page because I know not everyone wants to hear me. I know that. And if you choose to, you're more than welcome to follow me, but it feels good to like you, you've said it multiple times. It's just very cathartic Mm -hmm. to talk about it. I feel better. I I'm not one of those people that keeps things bottled up. I love talking about my babies and I love teaching people what I've gone through and hopefully, hopefully no one feels alone. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you just helped so many people feel less alone. So that's so awesome. If you had one piece of advice, Carly, for somebody in a similar situation, what would it be? Um, I think my biggest thing, even on my worst days, you just need to stay positive. If you really want to be a mom, it's going to happen one way or another. And I mean, I don't know if this is going to work. And I kind of decided a long time ago that I would go to the ends of the earth to have this happen. This is something I've always wanted. I, I will do it no matter what, but I think staying positive and just waking up every day with a smile on your face and just being happy you are alive right now is the most important thing. And just have everyone's back. Be nice to other people. It makes their day better. makes your day better. Yes. That reminds yeah. me of Ellen. <laughs> Do you watch Ellen? Be, I love what, Ellen. Is, what does she always say at the end of her episodes? Be kind to um, one another. Yes, I think be that's kind she, to one another. Yeah. Yeah. I love that advice. <laughs> no, I know I already mentioned your Instagram handle. Is that the best way to reach out to you if somebody wants to? Yeah. You can okay. look me up uh, that way. I think I changed one of my names on there because I had something spelt wrong but you can look me up by my first and last name too it should pop up with the searching for our rainbow um so just k-a-r-l-i-w-e-n-t-z perfect and I'll link your Instagram in the description of this episode as well so thank you so much Carly no thank honestly it like I was really nervous starting this so I'm so sorry if I talked really fast and sounded like a psychopath oh no um, but it, good. I, I kind of calmed down a little bit in the middle and obviously if anyone has any questions or anything please just don't hesitate to message me it just felt really good I, ho- I just hope my story does help someone I it, really do I, I know it will and I know somebody will message you too and that's when it will be like boom you know <laughs> I always say like when I get a message it's like 
that is my why. You know what I yes, mean? Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I get that 100%. Yeah. So thank you so much, Carly. And I'm sure all of us will be following along on your journey. So have a good rest of your night. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.